All right. I think this is like episode 612, 613, something like that. But this is going to be a MS episode and some random MS talk. Start out with a quote. We don't want to live our lives on autopilot and wake up one day and think, man, where did my life go? By being intentional about starting our day, we can be more productive, less stressed people make less stressed people by making time for the things that make us happy and fulfilled. That's a little quote by Carrie Scharf from Radiance and Ritual, Skin Care and Self Care for the Winter Season. Alright, you got it. Mr. Lemmy Killmeister on one side of me, so <laughs> Let's see how much he he's freaking out because there's little birds out by the window that he's got to go check out. He's got to see what they're up to. See if he can jump to his chair. Hey, he actually made it. <laughs> right here, his fat little butt would sink as soon as he tried to jump across. All right. Let's get to some interesting stuff here that they have to talk about. See if we can find something that helps you or me or someone else or... Just give my opinion, but always check with your doctor first. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a guy with MS and other issues, and I like to talk about all the stuff that I have to deal with. Sounds like a garage door is opening. (laughs) All right. They have cognition testing. Or... Cognition testing is used to understand a person's cognitive capabilities. Hello. Cognition tests for multiple sclerosis fall under the umbrella of neuropsychological testing and are designed to... Hello. Uh, You can just grab that on the right side. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. I was just talking to someone else. Uh, Let's get back to the cognition testing. <laughs> that might confuse your brain a little bit. <laughs> My sister popped in, so. All right. Cognition tests for multiple sclerosis fall under the umbrella of neuropsychological testing and are designed to detect brain fu- dysfunction across multiple cognitive areas, improve understanding the changes happening in the brain, assist in recommendations for treatment planning. Neuropsychological tests can be used for a diverse range of neurological conditions. A neuropsychological test is not the same as a mental health evaluation, although some tests may include a section aimed at assessing mood disorders such as depression. Several types of tests have been developed to evaluate cognition in people with MS. You may receive short screening tests in the doctor's office or a more formal assessment supervised by a neuropsychologist. You might also hear your doctor refer to cognition testing as testing batteries or batteries of test. This simply means taking several tests that assess different areas of cognitive function in people with MS. Cognition testing can help you and your doctor understand the challenges you're experiencing and identify opportunities to support you. Yeah, I'd love to get a cognition test done. I've never had one done. 
I know I've gotten better with doing the podcasts and stuff. My brain's been snappier and I'm not hesitating so much trying to figure things out as I did in the past, but there's lots of benefits for individuals with MS, including information, informing your treatment plan and monitoring symptoms of MS over time. Here's some things that the cognition testing can do. It can establish a baseline of cognitive function, which is one thing we all should have done early in our MS so we can get get a depiction of where our mind stands at the moment. And then as our cognitive decline helps, we can sit there and see where it goes later in the future. But yeah, it's, it's, it would definitely be a benefit, I would think. I think I would think this would be one test that we should definitely have on our list of to-dos early in MS and just well, then we can do it again like five or ten years down the road and see the difference, see how much it changed. They can determine potential interventions like the areas of cognition where you have the most challenges. So if you have problems with different areas of cognitive issues, then you can sit there and find out which ones are being affected more. Narrow down the cause of cognitive challenges. A comprehensive evaluation can help determine if depression, anxiety, fatigue, other health problems, or medication side effects are affecting cognition. And it can help you meet requirements for government disability programs. And a lot of them will go off with, I think it's the NMSS or it's our National NDSS or something like that, National Disabilities Scale or something scale or... Yeah, I can't remember exactly what they call it. Obviously, I have cognitive problems because I know what it is, but my brain won't let me relate to it at this moment. But what you, you can expect from a cognitive test is you can't study for a cognition test, but you can prepare by getting a good night's sleep and avoiding alcohol 24 hours before the test. The time it takes to complete a cognition test can vary. Some tests can be done in a few minutes, while others may take several hours. The comprehensive neuropsychological tests often include physical assessments, longer testing times, and physical activities. It can cause some people to feel tired afterward, so ask your provider how long the testing will last and how intense in case you have to have someone else drive you to your appointment and take you home or you want someone with you or something like that. But you may be given a tablet such as an iPad or a paper form to take the test on your own, sometimes during a regular medical appointment or even while waiting to be seen. In other cases, the doctor may ask your questions verbally. Some testing batteries combine cognitive and physical assessments. I would think like eye-hand coordination and stuff like that they'd want to probably check out. Uh, they do a symbol digit modalities test, which was introduced in 1982. 
This is one of the most widely used rapid cognition tests for adults with MS. A person with multiple sclerosis is shown a key that pairs numbers with symbols and is then given 90 seconds to match the symbols and the numbers. The entire test can be completed in five minutes or less. The SDMT can be performed verbally or in writing. This test often uses a frontline assessment before someone with MS is referred to other forms of cognition testing or to other professionals who can work with cognitive problems. And the SDMT helps assess cognitive changes during your MS relapses. There's a processing speed test, which takes about two minutes to complete and plus a few minutes for explanation. But this test is similar to the SDMT, but it's self-administered on a tablet in your provider's office. In one single center study, there was some evidence that the PST was slightly more sensitive than the SDMT to certain brain lesions, which I would think so because you're looking at the speed that your brain processes stuff compared to just standard mental modalities or looking at stuff and registering it. We got a computerized speed cognitive test, the CSCT, which takes five minutes to finish. It's a verbal assessment rather than a written or tablet test. The CSCT is particularly good for identifying information processing impairment. They got multiple sclerosis neuropsychological questionnaire that they might run you through. There's a multiple sclerosis functional composite msfc which includes one cognitive test a timed walking test and a test of arm function uh the one we were talking about before that was the msnq takes five minutes this is a self-reported survey about cognitive function and can be filled out by either a person with ms or someone with whom they interact regularly Uh, yeah, a brief international cognitive assessment test for multiple sclerosis. The BICAMS includes the SDMT and other tests to evaluate language and ability and spatial recall. It takes about 15 minutes to complete. One second, I guess. Tell someone something. There is tea made in the fridge in a blue container with a nozzle on it. She drinks it every day, multiple times a day. Should be some left. I got to make another batch today. But... All right. Then they have the cognition testing is the first tef- test, but based on the results, they say some things to help with your cognitive issues is physical exercise, cognitive rehabilitation, brain exercises, diet, and disease modifying therapies. And of course, work with a community of like-minded other MSers, and you can go over the differences that you all deal with and what the things that you do to help with them, and you might find something that can help you out. There's a retinal test 
to show that shows a new prognostic marker for multiple sclerosis severity. Um, this I was interested in because I just had my, well, I, I guess I call it a buy or try yearly eye test. I should go every year, but I only go every two to three years because I can't stand wearing glasses anyways. So it just costs a bunch of money. I get new glasses and I use them like three times a year. So I've been putting it off, but I just had a, had one this week. And I learned some things with my eye x-rays and stuff. They can tell you about high blood pressure, multiple sclerosis, all that stuff by looking at your x-rays. And she explained a lot of interesting things to me with mine. So I'm definitely going to be talking to a couple of my doctors about some of the stuff I learned. That this is, it's essential to assess severity of multiple sclerosis in order to choose appropriate therapeutic measures, but this cannot be reliably done using existing methods. Um, they have a study that they did, which we don't care about research and studies, and we want to know the final results. There's a prognostic technique that's already available. It's an optical coherence tom tomography, OCT, to measure retinal layer thickness. OCT is an imaging technique that uses infrared light to produce high-resolution three-dimensional images of the very thin layers of tissue in the micrometer range. It's already used for it as a tool for diagnosing eye diseases such as glaucoma and for evaluating disease progression. I had this or something very similar done to it this week and it shows like a gray matter spot in my eyeball in the pupil. And then you got your pupil area and then outside area of your eye and all that. And it shows one of mine was smaller than the other. Uh, it looks like my left eye is the one that has the most issues, and that's the one I've had problems with, the dots and the weirdness. The visual issues are more prevalent in my left eye than my right eye, but I thankfully haven't had nothing major with it, especially in the past few years. It's been a, a few years since I've had whiteouts and stuff like that or vision blurriness and bounciness and all that vision problems the dot that won't go away and things like that but they're usually in my left eye and thankfully i haven't had any major problems with those in a while but i have plenty of other ms problems that i deal with so Let's see here. Yeah, that's about all they really talk about. They talk about the retina being a window to the brain and all that stuff. But yeah, it's when you go in for your eye test, sit and talk with your eye doctor. Ask if you can go over your eye scans and stuff and they can explain things because I learned a lot. Because I've been on high blood pressure medication for a long time because of what I think was an MS hug. But I didn't know I had MS back then, so I didn't know about that. And all they did was go hard, 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 hard and put me through all these tests and everything. Nothing came out with any 
issues, but they still focused on that. And then they put me on about eight different heart medications. And it's just, it's like, okay, you doctors don't listen to me, but I'm the patient. I'm telling you what I feel, but yet you're just going to keep putting whatever you want in me. So I've been on these medications for so long. And then my eye doctor looked and she's like, you got this one area where you had a tiny bit of a heart thing, but other than that, you got nice, smooth, thick line, blood vessels through your eyes. And it's like, there's no evidence of heart related problems other than that. So let's see how this is some ask, ask me anything with prizes questionnaire that we could have done for MS back in 2022, which I obviously didn't do. <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with us. We don't care about that. Let's see. All these stupid cookies and stuff. I go to systematic literature and meta analysts prevalence of secondary progressive multiple sclerosis in USA, Europe, Canada, Australia, and Brazil. This is another one of those studies that's focusing on people in different uh, parts of the world and comparing us and saying, I'm guessing, saying, oh, there's this many, this percentage of people with relapsed and remitting MS, this percent with secondary progressive MS in each one of the states and countries. That's like, yeah, they got, it's basically a bunch of studies just prevalating us to see who it says like 55.02 6.37 out of three studies in canada europe had 24.74 19.25 and 30.90 uh, from 76 studies i'm guessing these are out of 100 people 86 data points in 17 countries, and Brazil had 1.68, 0.53 or 3.31 with six studies, and Australia had 10.32 to 5.84 to 15.99 out of two studies. So it looks like, yeah, Brazil and Australia has less, and Europe and Canada has more. It's obvious because of the equator relationship, and they're in the warmer sections so they don't have as many people but people still get ms whether you're in a warm or a cold sector and it just shows that there's more in the northern sectors than there are in the southern sectors which we already knew so we obviously spent a lot of money on these tests to find out stuff we already knew and we could just put that money towards fixing ms quit worrying about the stupid distinctions between people and states and countries and atmosphere and sex and religion and ethnicity and all this let's just focus on getting the damn cure for ms that's all we gotta do uh this next one talks about delayed ocrevus infusion may increase mri based relapsing or emitting ms risk 
Now, an interval of one month or longer was associated with a five times higher risk of new or enlarging lesions. Now, this kind of pisses me off because Ocrevus was the second DMT I took. I got my first infusion, which took a little while because of paperwork problems. Second infusion came, and they had paperwork problems again. It's like all the doctor had to do is sign the shit and send it in. And for some reason, paper gets lost. Paper gets went to the wrong places. I, the first time, he sent it to the wrong place. So my infusion was delayed by the good month, the second one. And... If you do infusions, you may experience what a lot of us call the, what is it, the something gap, the crap gap or whatever. But it's like our infusions were, I think, three months apart. And it's like you got to that last week or two and you felt like the medication was out of you. You could feel that you were starting to revert back to some of your old problems. And it never made sense to me. A lot of people complained about it, that they should should do the infusions like two weeks earlier than planned. And that would possibly help. But uh, when I did mine, I had that. The first, the, well, the first month was a little delayed, but... Once we got on it, that was the start of Ocrephus, so I didn't, I considered that to start. And then the second one was delayed by at least a month because of stuff going to the wrong places. The third one, I think I got in, and when I got there, I found out they did not have my medication. because so My medication was not covered financially. It was covered by them sending a bag of the medication to wherever I was having the infusion done. Uh, they didn't have it in, so actually I didn't go there. The night before I went, the nurse called me and said, hey, we do not have medication for you. We have medication here, but they have to have the one that your uh, provider sends. So we sat there and canceled that appointment, and uh, I think that was about a six-week to two-month gap between they finally got me in for my next one. And then the one after that, again, they did not have the medication and all that stuff. I can't remember if I got that one. It was either that one or the next one. We finally canceled everything, said that's it. We're going to look into a new medication. I went to a new neurologist, and we reset everything up, and that's around the time when I got put on Mavenclad. I think I did Ocrephus for about two, two and a half years, maybe three years, but I can't remember exactly the timeline but i do know i had lots of problems with it i was getting sicker while being on it so they wanted to change my dmt but i believe i truly believe it was because of the crap gap and them sitting there and screwing everything up and me getting it even later a month anywhere from two to eight weeks late so by then, all the medication's out of your system, and your body's fighting to keep going, and you're having all the problems that come along with it. So that's kind of messed up that that happens. But, yeah, that's, that's about 
it for us to go over. It's just a good variety of things, some things to think about, some things to check out. And we, we don't always think about just our other doctor appointments, our eye doctor, our teeth doctor, dentist, and all that. It's like you never know what you're going to come across and deal with. So they have tests, too, that can show us stuff that we just don't know about unless we ask them. So talk to those, talk to all your providers, get to learn more about things. And that might help, might find something special to do. Yeah, never know. So, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's amazing what they got out there nowadays with technology. It's like, I was just shocked when my eye doctor two two years ago told me uh, it doesn't look like he had high blood pressure or, or have it and I just dismissed it and then when I came back this time I'm like you said that and it's been on my mind ever since and I want to go over that and she explained it to me and now I'm like okay cool I'm gonna go talk to my cardiologist we're gonna go over that too it's like we started cutting we cut one pill in half so far but my visit this year was virtually so virtual visit you can't really change any medications because they got to do testing before they can decide what kind of thing changes they want to try and do with the medications but yeah check with your doctors and see if they know what they know about ms and if they have any special tests that they can even tell you something that your normal ms doctor someone else can't tell you so try that out and we'll get back with more information in the weeks to come keep going through these files getting all this stuff cleaned out and we'll see what happens but keep following us at under the call of ms yeah youtube instagram possibly tic tac coming up we got well, for the comic fans, we got short comic reviews now on Instagram and longer ones on YouTube. We got our audio on our audio podcast where you can find them. And we're just going to try and put out a lot more stuff this year than we did the second half of last year and see if we can keep going. But we need you to rate, review, tell a friend, subscribe, help us get those likes. And then we might actually get somewhere and we can have more fun doing this with a little monetization but ain't gonna get my get anywhere if we don't get the word out get some new followers all right we'll talk to you again soon bye